0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. This episode of Droppin' In is brought to you by Beachly. Beachly is a subscription box for female beach lovers looking to bring the best of the beach life to their doors each season. The holidays are here, and gentlemen, this is the perfect gift for the lady in your life who loves the beach. Each box comes with six to eight pieces of premium pieces of beach-inspired apparel and accessories, which includes home decor, beauty and wellness, fragrance, and more from brands that are based in California, Hawaii, and all over the world. And here's the crazy part in terms of value. Each box is worth over $200 in terms of the swag that's included, but it only costs $99 per box. You get four boxes per year for each season. Right now, we are in winter. And best of all, right now, because it's the holidays, each listener can get $25 additional dollars off of that regular price of $99 by going to beach.ly. That is beach.ly. B-E-A-C-H dot L-Y. And if you use the discount code believe that's B-L-E-A-V, you get that extra $25 off from that $99 price. And again, this is over $200 worth of amazing apparel and items for your lady. The holiday season is just around the corner. Beachley is the perfect get for yourself or the man or woman, child, friend, or relative in your life who loves the beach. Even if they live far away from the coast, Beachley sends the best of the beach lifestyle straight to their door each season. All of the pieces from each box are high quality, stylish, and best of all items they'll actually use and love. That's Beachley, B-E-A-C-H dot L-Y. This week's episode of Droppin' In is also brought to you by Eight Sleep. Let's talk about sleep. It's vitally important. If you don't get a good amount of sleep each night, which is typically at eight hours, meaning you have chronic sleep deprivation, you can have depression, you can have diabetes, obesity, even cardiovascular disease, we need eight hours of sleep. If I don't get my eight hours, I'm cranky. I'm irritable. I'm not functioning at an optimal level. I'm just not. I'm not 100%. And one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. Typically, if it is too warm, you don't sleep good. And if you sleep with someone else, chances are your ideal temperature is not your partner's ideal temperature. Well, I want to tell you about the pod by eight sleep. The pod by eight sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was designed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep, and here's the best part is you can control the temperature on your side of the bed. It doesn't have to be universal. So if you like your bed cool and you like your, your and your partner likes the bed warm, now you both can have that at the exact same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Try the pod for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. And for a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8 pro. That's E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro. Again, 8sleep.com pro. And this week's episode of Dropping In is brought to you by MyBookie. It's that time of year. Christmas is coming up quick as we're approaching the 25th and our friends at MyBookie want to make your season special with 12 days of gifts. My Bookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. And this holiday season, they're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right. 12 days of gifts, a brand new gift every single day so you could take your game to the next level. And look, surfing is competitive. It's organized. The WSL, you can bet on that action too. My bookie, right? The NBA is also in full swing. So is the NHL. All the college bowl games are coming up. The NFL, obviously. Go to mybookie.ag right now. That is their website. It is mybookie.ag. And if you use the promo code BLV, that is short for Believe. Again, the promo code is BLV. You get half of your initial deposit and free wagers. And that's just the start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during this promotion because they're going to be something new every day and you're going to want to take advantage of these deals so go sign up for my bookie with our code blv and start winning today and now here he is robert wingnut weaver the man the myth the legend drop it in
1: we're putting the band back together we're on a mission from god
0: Welcome to another edition, Omar Echeverry, myself, Cyrus Satsas, and guess who's dropping in this week on the Dropping In Podcast? He's a legend in I don't know how many regards, I don't know how many people uh, can can walk in my shoes and say that the reason why they surf in large part is because of this individual. Um, the movie he started, in, The Endless Summer 2, really transformed and changed the sport of surfing and really evolved the lifestyle aspect of it and exploded the sport and popularity and this individual is a huge reason why an absolute pleasure to welcome to the show robert wingnut weaver robert sorry wingnut how are you doing sir <laughs>
1: hey thanks cyrus no very very stoked to be a part of this and thanks for that uh, very generous uh, if misguided introduction
0: uh, <laughs> thanks <man. laughs> so where are you right now man what are you up to
1: I am finally home in Santa Cruz after one of my busiest years since making the movie.
2: That, I love hearing that, too, so, yeah. because you know a big reason why I wanted to have you on our podcast, Dropping In, thank you so much, um, was I feel like, yes, you're super well-known for In the Summer 2 um, and motivating so many people to, to find the joy of surfing. But when you bring up your crazy busy year, I don't think people know how involved you are with the background in our industry, which is insanely cool. I mean, what you've done for our industry gives me chills and it's helped out in Mm. so many avenues. Um, So I know you've been really involved with the longboard events and you just got back from one. I'd love to have you break it down.
1: Yeah, thanks, Omar. uh, I've been helping out with the WSL with their, their longboard tour, and this year we actually had a truly effective tour, with our first venue being Nusa, then moving to Spain, then New York, New York, and finishing up with the uh, the ten thousand event in Taiwan for the World Championships. And I just got back a few nights ago from that. Oh, There's a bunch of you
0: guys in Taiwan. <laughs> We've been talking about that.
2: I know, I know, I know. Yeah, the, Travis Logie was uh, he's coming on uh, our show pretty soon, Wingnut, and uh, he right he, he kept, was there he for kept, the junior. Yeah, he keeps postponing. He's like, "Dude, sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I'm, i in mean, a time change. But uh, but yeah, we'll have him on soon. Um, Taiwan, how is it, man? Yeah,
1: uh, it, it it's epic. I mean, it's another one of those you know islands that you kind of should have surf. You don't think it has surf, but it actually has great surf. Mm. Water's warm. People are fantastic. It's just that most people, if they're going to fly that far, are you know on their way to you know Indo or the mm-hmm. Maldives or somewhere else. But um, it's an absolutely fun surf destination with <laughs> – if you looked at any of the surf from either the QS3000, the, the Junior World Championships, or ours, you can see how how pumping it can be there.
2: Interesting. Oh, I, wa- I, I watched some of it online. Dude, the, the kids are going off. Um, and a friend of mine just went <laughs> there and, and- – and he, he said, I mean, yeah, he, he, it has kind of a little bit of everything, which sounds really cool. You have a couple long waves, uh, kind of soft waves, and a few offshore barreling waves. Um, looks fun to me, man.
1: Yeah, and, and the water's warm, you know, and the food's amazing, especially if you want to try get into noodles and dumplings and, you know, great fish. You know, <laughs> all, all that for you. Nice. Uh, and and
2: and so what is your official title um I, with the longboard tour? Um, I know you and I have talked a bunch <laughs> about it, um, but I'm always curious, is there an official title? Or or, or are, you, are you I no. like to think of you kind of like the, the grandfather <laughs> <laughs> I would Thanks. love I could throw Thanks. like 10 Thanks. titles on Thanks, there. Omar. <laughs> the old man. the um, grandfather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No, so
1: I, I, I am I everybody does kind of refer to me as dad on the tour and i don't actually have other than being part of the broadcast crew i don't have an official role with the wsl i just have have been so connected with the owners and management for so long that when they needed advice on the longboard end of it i was the one that they went to and uh they were getting advice before they asked (laughs) that was pretty upfront with what i thought needed to needed to change and i think you know we were really fortunate that we had will hayden smith who runs um australasia for the double wsl looking out for us you know up until devin howard took over the job of the longboard commissioner
2: gotcha well and for, so now, out, from an outside perspective whatever you guys have done is really cool i know i know i've i've uh, told you my opinion quite a few times but i mean it's 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 rad it's it's what i would like to watch in longboarding
1: yeah Thanks. And it means a lot. And that's kind of what the theory was. I mean, we've watched the evolution of longboarding from you know the late 80s and early 90s go get into super high performance longboarding. And that just failed to, to fail to resonate anymore. It was mm-hmm. interesting when it went that way. But nowadays, when you're thinking of longboarding, it's that whole logger school aesthetic, single fins and kind of celebrating the best of the past and trying to modernize it a little bit. And I think that's where we are with some amazing equipment and some fantastic athletes. And what I wanted to do is give this next generation a chance to get sponsored, to travel the world, and to experience the things that, you know, that, that group that Joel and I were part of did. So it was great that the WSL listened and the sponsors are listening. I mean, I think, you know, we're going to be stealing a little bit of money from the CT side of the world <laughs> because we're, we're, more, we're more the lifestyle than, than the CT guys. I mean, they show up to the beach, they train real hard, they surf and they split. You know what happens when a bunch of longboarders show up? We stay all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that's coolers,
1: we got yes. we got the stuff. We're gonna hang. Oh, yeah. So we are the hang that's that's very marketable actually. Oh, no, no, sailing. no, for
2: sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you look at the essence of longboarding, like the lifestyle part of it. I mean, how appealing is it? I mean, you know, good looking, you go to the beach, um, you ride a couple fun waves. <laughs> oh yeah. Way more
0: wow. girls do it. Yes, right. Yes, so, exactly. so it's, it's
2: have a couple of drinks. I mean, come on.
0: Yes, dude. <laughs> Lie to Jay.
1: Omar's been down. He, you bring the family down to the beach, the little cove and family's there. Longboards everywhere. Everybody's borrowing boards. The kids <laughs> are going tandem you know mom's got got the little one on the nose of the board paddling it around chasing otters i mean it's it's the real show and you know when it comes to what people want to think sur- surfers do it's what we
0: do oh yeah little nuggies and string bikinis it's just a beautiful thing Longborn is way to go <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, you know we you know we not, um speaking of the tour you know omar and i a few a few months ago we covered this random story and i think this is all over you know whatever uh, you know websites published surf stories there, there was some some drama and I don't know if it had to do with this rule change where you're trying to aim more for the lifestyle versus high performance, but I think one of the competitors on the tour was flipping off the judges and the camera. Are you familiar with the story? And could you elaborate on it? Uh,
1: oh, I, I was there. <laughs> that, that, was, that, that was my sc- screensaver on my phone for a month nice. After that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 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 nice. And- yeah, and, and, I mean, that's a, that's a very passionate athlete, um, Eduardo Perro, who thought he didn't get the score and thought he had the score and didn't mm-hmm. and um, ex- expressed his views. And you know, he <laughs> had to pay a fine just like, just like the CT guys if he wanted to continue on the tour. Right. And, and that is part of the shift of trying to make, you know, anything that is board inspired as far as turns and maneuvers and body language is bad. You know, and he's from a generation that was trying to do, you know, what we call hang and bang. You can hang ten with the best of them, and then you can smash the lip with the best of them. But that's not what we want to see. You know, though, if you can if you can ride off the tail that well, you should still be on a five ten.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, if you're gonna yeah. if you're
1: gonna ride something nine feet long, you need to draw the lines and pay respect to what those boards do. Yeah. and so that's the change we've put
2: forward that's awesome i mean hey, like some people don't know but in the past a few world champs were really good short boarders. i was friends with a few of them and they 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 turned into <laughs> long borders so they could win titles i mean uh, and that right. was back when you know you were rewarded for kind of like manhandling waves on a longboard which was like i mean not for me not fun to watch you know um i you know i don't want to name these guys but um i was close name him dog the name <laughs> him. throw names out I will. Yeah, Cole, colin was <laughs> the big one colin mcphillips uh, I mean, but the crazy part is he made a lot of money doing this so i mean it was right. appealing and to the... a couple of guys and hey one of them was jeff <laughs> jeff moisa who i'm still friends with you know i, I was on the yeah well, it's crazy uh, world team with him and then he goes longboard
1: and, and, and here's, what, here's what happened was long boards, you know, after Endless Summer 2, we started to make them more easier to ride for the average guy, put a little bit more rocker into them, give them multiple fins, give them those bottoms that are a little looser. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a guy that surfs, you know, once or twice a month can feel that his board is loose and performs. And so in, in the marketing and selling, we're showing, look, these boards turn almost as good as the short board you wish you could ride. I mean, right. that's where that came from. And I think those boards still have a place for the for the recreational surfer that that, you know, wants to, you know, cruise around and make some nice turns and, and feel good about his surfing. Right. But like for 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 where the challenge is, is trying to ride, you know, single fins and, and draw the lines and do the footwork and it all has to flow together. And that's what it is. It's this constant flow between going to the front and the back of the board and, and using the full rail, not doing a, you know, a carving shortboard turn. So we, we've got it. We've got great criteria. We've got great judges. And now we're just working on getting venues. I think we're going to get, um, get Malibu for, for next year's tour, and that's going to be fantastic. Whoa. Oh,
0: dude. Yeah, that's the iconic spot for sure. Um, right?
1: There, I mean, the, yeah. the, two, the two goals for me was I'd, I'd like
0: to see the tour at Malibu, and I'd like to see it in Waikiki as well.
2: Oh. <sighs> That'd be that's, awesome. Yeah, those, are,
0: those are your longboard meccas yeah amazing what about cows oh, can right. we get cows
2: in there yeah, <laughs> some cows, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> get some no cow uh,
1: i i'd rather be at the point but that's fine Omar. We, take cows <laughs> yeah. that we
2: won't <laughs> we won't mention the other ways right <laughs> we, we, we do uh,
1: we don't have time to watch somebody ride away from outside cows all the way in
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's true where
1: we
0: yeah where do you judge one it from way there yeah <laughs> awesome Oh, oh boy. man!
2: Well, is, is this exciting to watch? And, um, yeah, I've done a great job. You know, we not,
0: uh, yeah. the endless summer is a movie that changed my life forever. And I think it changed a lot of people's lives forever until I saw the movie. I was a landlocked sports geek. I played, you know, team sports, you know, football, basketball growing up and loved watching it. And then I see this movie, the endless summer when I'm in my teenage years and I'm like, look at this going, what the fuck is this? Like what, how, why am I not at the ocean every day doing this? And, and then of course, you know, a few years later in my life, I mean, those movies are like 30 years apart, but then a few years later, the endless summer two comes out and that movie really resonated with me so much more because of how much more modern it was because the two stars of the film, you being one of them were closer to my age. Right. And Bruce Brown did a brilliant job in terms of making a sequel that really matched the original. That is one of the hardest things in film to do. And he somehow did it. How did, and, and if you don't mind, I'd like to delve into this just because I think a lot of people are, to this day, are still so interested about that film and your role in it. How did Bruce Brown find you? How did you become a part of this film?
1: <laughs>
0: he just called me. That's I, it?
1: <laughs> simple. has got a phone call. I, I'd never <laughs> met him. So imagine, imagine the cold call that it is. You know, it's, uh, it was January 15th at, uh, January 16th at 1.15 in the afternoon. And oh. my phone rings. And uh, is Wingnut there? I'm like, yeah. Well, this is Bruce Brown, and you we're thinking of doing the sequel to the. And he just digs right in, right. And I'm like, who is fucking with me? There's no
3: way this is real. But <laughs> li-
1: like you, I'd, I'd watched The Endless Summer. I owned all the VHS copies of his other surf movies. And that voice is very recognizable. Yes. And all of a sudden, you know, two or three phrases in, I realized that this is actually Bruce Brown. And he's asking if, I don't, you know, if I'm interested in being a part of this. So I immediately said, yes, you know, I've got to mow the lawn, do the dishes, but I'm ready this afternoon. And <laughs> what What? Bruce says, just, Hey, 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 hold up, slow it all down. Just wanted to know if you were interested. And then he said, look, I'd like <laughs> to meet you in person because I've gone around the world with an asshole and I don't want to do it again.
0: <laughs> who, who was he referring to? Do
1: you know? <laughs> that's epic. That would be Mike Henson. Oh, I love it. Oh, <laughs> right. So that's epic. So, right. So I'm like, Hey, I'm not an asshole. You know, ask mom and dad <laughs> he actually is, is good friends with my surf parents, Mike and Sharon Marshall. And Omar remembers Sharon, always running yeah. around with a camera. A great, But panel. um, so, yeah, so Bruce goes, yeah, they, they'd lie to me no matter what. So he said, the next time you're coming south, why don't you stop in and visit, we'll go surf the ranch because he lives in Gaviota, California, just mm-hmm. outside the Hollister Ranch property. So, you know three months late, three, actually three weeks later, I ended up uh, going down and, uh, and seeing him and spent three days there. And he said, I had the job. Wow.
0: Was it, an, and was it an addition? Did you just want to kind of hang out with you to get a feel for you? Like, like, how did that just, go? Just wanted,
1: just wanted to hang out with me. Um, we went surfing at Big Drake's on a real nice swell spent a couple of days hanging out with him and his wife, Pat, and his, uh, Dana was still living on the property at the time. Nancy was around, you know, so I got to meet the family and we got to talk it through. And then uh, a month later um, we were drawing names out of a hat. Not really that bad for Pat's <laughs> control, but it, it was going to be, <laughs> Kel- Kelly was obviously the first choice, but that was, that ended up being the year 91 was the year that Kelly won his first world title and was the year he was starring on Baywatch.
0: Wait a second. Hold on. You're, so, you're, you're, you're sitting here telling me, I don't think I've ever read or heard this before. You're sitting here telling me that Kelly Slater was the original choice and he backed out.
2: I bet. Uh,
1: yeah. He, he didn't back out as much as we threw him out because he didn't have an available schedule. Great. You know, he was so focused on the tour and, and, uh, and understand the contract I signed with Bruce and that Pat O'Connell signed with Bruce was that we were on 24 hour call for two years
2: yeah wow. you know i remember this vividly because uh we we're down at the i think it was the u.s open of surfing and it was kind of a lot of us were about to turn pro um coming off the um the isa world uh, championships and all that and i remember pat you know mentioning it to a group of us um and we we're like what endless summer two you're gonna do that he's like yeah i don't think i'm gonna try to qualify like all you guys <laughs> we're like <laughs> We're like, you lucky burr. like yeah, really? Smartest, smartest decision what? ever, yeah. You're going to get paid to do what? Like, you know, and, and we, everyone was all about competition. This was right before the photo era of uh, professional surfing. So we were still in competition mode. And I, I remember, yeah, it was like Keith Malloy. a bunch of us were like, no way, you lucky burf Yes. <laughs> you lucky fuck. But- no, no,
1: it it, it it was great. And what happened was when, when Bruce realized that Kelly couldn't do it, we, he went to both Surfer and Surfing Magazine and said, give me your list of your top 10 guys that you think would be fun for this role. And Pat's name was actually on the top of both lists because he was so much fun to hang out with, travel yeah. with, his energy was good. So Bruce invited him up for one of the days we were doing a camera test. We were trying to figure out whether we were going to use Kodak or Fuji, and it was just going to be a surf day at the ranch. And so invited Pat to come up. You know to for his quote-unquote on audition just to meet him just to see how it would be so he brings shane dorian and todd chester with him okay those two guys can search pretty good oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're so, good guys too so, uh they're great guys and there was a bunch of free food and beer so they came along for that um <laughs> exactly but Pat asked Pat asked me after about three hours. He goes, "What do you think? How's it going?" And I'd already talked to Bruce. It was already done. It was going to be Pat, and and I go, "I don't know, Pat. I mean, you know, I think you surfed really well, but you know, those other two guys still <laughs> it out there. Why do you bring them?" <laughs> and, uh, and, to, and to pat's to pat's credit he never even flinched you know that never thought that he was like shooting himself in the foot it was more like hey if i don't get it at least one of my best
0: friends does oh that's, that's a good attitude
1: that says a lot about who pat o'connell
0: is yeah that does because I mean, you're right a, a lot of people will be suddenly shaking and quivering with their insecurities right. <laughs> going wow did i just <laughs> what throw... did i do yes
2: I blew it you know it's funny though you look at that casting and and you know it couldn't have been two better people in my opinion in, oh, yeah. in the sport of that era, I mean, that is the perfect two picks. And I mean, you know, you name all these other people, but it's like, it is a, it perfect. Perfect casting. <laughs> it really was. I don't
1: know. Terry, Terry Sims really thought he should have been the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, there, there's uh, so many longboarders uh, I could get... mention. They're probably mad. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, hey, uh, and, and what's funny is now, fast forward 25 years later and um, it's been 25 years of, yeah who's in charge of professional
0: surfing right now pat o'connell and you <laughs> 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 that is crazy it. you're right yeah <laughs> I, I mean, it's, that, that evil that
1: evil plot that bruce brown has just finally come to fruition
0: <laughs> it's poetic it's, it's poetic is what it is it's it's it makes sense I, I, for for once it something makes sense i like it um, you know, we, we yeah. interviewed Pat O'Connell uh, a few years back during one of our, our previous uh, incarnations of this program um, and, his, and he actually talked about that day when he came up to the ranch and surfed and all that. So, so you're saying, so for, the, for so basically for two years, is what, was that what the filming was for the movie? You were on call and every time there was like a perfect scenario in terms of conditions, you'd fly to that spot and, and film?
1: Yeah. And I mean, some places we knew in advance, like Australia, we knew we were going for almost a month. So that was just on, a hard date on the calendar. We knew it was going to happen, but other places like we were waiting. And remember this is in the infancy of, of Surfline and Sean Collins and, and right. world forecasting where you, you, you'd get a rolled up fax, you know, the night before, you know, uh, when, <laughs> when we were in some remote country with, with Sean's best guess, which was, and that would, So we'd get that fax in the middle of the night. We'd sit there and we'd study it. We'd have all these plans. And you still get up at first light, take your cup of coffee, and walk down to the water's edge and make a decision. It doesn't matter what the goddamn fax said. Right. (laughs) You know, at that (laughs) point, you still really had to make all those decisions with your own eyeballs. And what a lot of people don't know is that we had Randy Rarick with us everywhere.
2: No, really?
1: Randy's yeah randy's job when we were when we were in country filming was to head north or south at least an hour and try to find somewhere better
0: wow so he
1: was our because i mean back then roads were crap you know there, was, yeah. you know, there were no cell phones i mean you had to go hunt it up and then come back and tell the report and, you know we'd surf and we like we'd be at playa negra and we'd be shooting for like four hours and then Rarick could come back with the Sunburned, salt crusted in his eyebrows,
0: this little <laughs> rye grin, and we're like, "How was it, Randy?" Goes, no, uh, "It wasn't very good." <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, and, and, his role, and his role was insanely important because one of the, the the vital premises of your movie was searching out and seeking relatively unknown locations. Like the movie wouldn't have worked if you are in these popular spots with a million other people in the lineup with you, right? So, he, he I mean, what he did was vitally important. That's it's impressive. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, no, it it, it, was, it was really, really fun. And uh, he his probably best discovery, the thing that we didn't do that we should have done was the Maldives. Uh, so uh, you, you, wow. you got to look back to when, when Tony Hussein Hind first kind of broke the fact that the Maldives had waves when he had tossed mm. the to point and low Fushi and all that. Right. I mean, nobody really knew about it. Randy went there, shot some super, uh, high eight or whatever, the smallest little camcorder he could bring there and brought the footage back to Bruce. And we'd already gone to every country that you see in the film. We'd already been to seven, seven places. And Bruce just, he said, the movie's too long already. I don't want to add another spot.
2: Wow. Can you and
1: imagine
2: no, having I'm...
1: seen Sultans? I mean, really, there were no other sort of, I mean, the Maldives is a bit of a shit show now, but back then, nobody was there. Hmm. Wow, it w- it would have been the Cape St. Francis moment of Endless
0: Summer too. Definitely. Well, the good, well, the good news is so that, the movie it worked out. The movies ended up being great. It stuff.
2: was fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was all right. When
1: I got to the ball dives a few years later, I was like, "Holy crap! I really wish we were here for the movie." <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> no, I I'm curious uh, why Randy Rarick. I'm totally curious. Um,
1: because. He's, he's He likes to travel. He goes, uh, him and John Callahan and a couple of uh, other guys travel probably a month out of every year to places nobody's ever been and explores them. Interesting.
2: See, that's cool. Because you so think, been... and the, the industry thinks of him as Mr. Hawaii. You know, obviously right. so involved with the Triple Crown um, and the sport of surfing. But, I mean, from uh, someone that's removed, um, you know, from knowing him wouldn't know that he travels, which I, I've worked for him. And I've heard he travels a lot. Um, but what an interesting pick and a, an amazing headstrong I, guy. So maybe Omar, that, that helped. What,
1: <laughs> oh, Omar, what's the problem with Hawaii? <laughs> <of
2: people. laughs> Too many people, so, you
1: know, yeah. And so once his triple crown stuff is over in spring and in fall, he gets on the road and he explores, he's done the entire African coast up, up and down both sides. He's been everywhere. He tries not to go anywhere that requires a wetsuit anymore, but <laughs> <Nice>.
2: <laughs> he, uh,
1: he definitely had the, the exploration. I mean, like, and, you know, he had, a, he had a brief relationship when Bruce used to come over back in the, in the 70s, you know, late 60s and 70s. So he yeah. knew Bruce from back then and it, al- it always stayed in touch. So he was the logical one for, for that role.
2: That Incredible. is so cool. I, I had no idea. And what a great guy too. Uh, honestly, uh super professional and just a surf stoke guy when you really comes down to it. Was oh, a, yeah.
0: and Was the, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, please. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask, uh, you know, and I'm sorry to ask so many questions about a movie that I, I, Jesus Christ, how how fast time flies. I didn't realize 25 years have gone by since that movie came out. That's <laughs> fucking insane. But uh, you know you, you and you and pat had re- very defined roles like you were like the mature i don't want to say dad but you were like the mature one of the two i i, I feel like you were the more figurehead whereas pat was kind of like the wild child <laughs> the and, and there was one and there was one i know there's such a backhanded thing complimented to throw out, i'm sorry for that but uh <laughs> one, you know, one thing that really sticks out to me in that film is that you guys were in australia you were at this bar and pat's just striking out hitting on girls and you're just shaking your head and disappointment, you know, and, and, and how much of that movie was staged and how much of it is, le- was legitimately improvised?
1: Uh, probably 99% improvised. Wow. You know, Bru- Bruce's, Bruce's wow. goal was just to put us in situations and, and see what happened, you know, hence the plane crash. Um, the, the situation in the in the bar in Australia was one of the few really set up things because they wanted, you know, Bruce wanted to introduce some women into uh-huh. the thing, you know, show that Pat's, you know, because I said goodbye to my loved one in the beginning, which was my wife Janice, you know, it wasn't going to be me hitting on a girl in the bar; right. it had to be Pat. So that was a little weird. That was just, a little, a little that was just yeah, <laughs> that was just Bruce wanting to make it. He didn't want it to be a, a film that only played in the Castro. <laughs> 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 two, two young men in bathing suits traveling around the world meeting other young men in bathing suits that's the summer too
0: I it, <laughs> it works in pro wrestling somehow but uh, I hear what you're saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and so, and so the movie comes out, it's a huge fucking hit. I mean, this thing exploded and, and made you a household name. Even to this day, if you say the word wingnut, it just everyone knows who you are, right? What, how, what was the experience like after the movie came out? How did your movie change? How did your life change?
1: Well, it, it was, it was as, as Bruce had said, this movie's going to create opportunities. It's up to you to be heads up and take advantage of them. So Pat went back and you know he jumped back on the tour and 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 really became he's 10 times a better surfer now than he was in the movie. I mean his surfing matured and everything. I mean it was just blew me away watching him, you know, especially through all the the fun drive-through films and all the other stuff. And yeah, for me it was like it gave me the opportunity um, to avoid competition, like Omar was talking about how nice it is to not have to put on a jersey. And I became, when the, when the magazines were uns- unsure of, of a destination, of what the quality of surf would be and they'd wanna bring a longboarder, they just bring me. So I had the next five to 10 years you know, as a paid, as a sponsored surfer, but I was the traveler, right? I got sent places. I did OMO tours in strange places, and the magazines took me to Iceland and I went to Northern Japan and I got to do all these unique trips because they they knew I was the go-to guy for that. They could trust it, thanks to Bruce.
0: Yeah, I mean, rest in peace, Bruce. And we've had his son Dana on the show. I think after he was, uh, he he released uh, Dust of Glory. Um, great family and 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 what do you do now we know, are you still married are you i'm guessing your your home base is still santa cruz uh what's life like these days do you have kids what's going on
1: yeah santa cruz is still home been in the same house omar knows where it is uh janice and i have been married for over 25 years wow yeah wow. we have we have a baby boy named cameron who omar knows who's 22 uh,
2: i love Cameron. baby hey great kid great kid
1: <laughs> baby, baby boy i love it <laughs> And uh, Cam's <laughs> currently up at the uh, the State Park Academy. Um, he's studying to be a park ranger, nice, so he'll be a nice. state park ranger in about six more months if he graduates from the academy. And uh, all is well. And then for for what passes for a day job, and just get ready to hate me even more is okay. I organize <laughs> private surf trips.
0: What a bummer! So I put I, know. I put
2: together painful life surf experiences.
0: Oh. So some of the neatest people in the world. How do these people find you?
2: Yeah, is there a website?
0: Nope. So you, do you have like an agent or like, like well, what's the secret channel nope. that these, so it's just <laughs> word of mouth. It's just literally a word of mouth it's, thing?
1: It's, it's, it, it's all referral business. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. When you, that's, I've always said like, if you have a bobblehead made after you, you, you know, you've made it. And, but I'd say this is right up there with that. If you have, if your entire business model is based on people finding you to take them surfing. In amazing
2: places. (laughs) Yes. Like the best places in the world.
0: (laughs) Could you name drop Wingnut? Could you tell us some of the people who have, uh, who you've taken on these tours? Technically, no. Okay.
1: Now, part, of, part, part of it is assigning NDAs and, yeah. and not going totally. you know, in, in, into detail on some of these things. But um, they're, they're, what's really nice is, and Omar knows, we joke about it, you know, these, these are the 1% of the 1%. And there's some of the nicest, most generous people in the world. You know, when they see things that are weird in third world countries, they don't turn their head away. they like, hey, is there anyone we can help? Like, hey, there were no lifeguards in Tamarindo for years and years. And so they started donating money when I was going uh, Instead, yeah. they, they get involved and do the nice and right things all the time.
2: No, they do. So, and uh, I've met a few of them. And, and, I mean, just within the community here and all over the world, um, I, I have to admit, a lot of them have, have the best intentions and follow through um, when it comes to surfing and the ocean and people. It's really cool. I
1: mean, I mean, I guess the only name that I can fairly drop is is Dirk and Natasha Ziff, who oh, okay. uh, own the, the World Surf League.
0: There you go.
2: So is, that, been, is that how it all started?
1: Well, not all of no.
2: I mean... No. C- c- I'm, <laughs> not taking,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm not taking total credit for that one.
0: <laughs> well, because, I mean, I think the whole connection there is they're, they're friends with Kelly Slater's business manager, right? I think that's how this all came together, ultimately. But were you really that... Missing link that that started all this. I refuse to answer. Oh. On the <laughs> of my yeah, wingnut being responsible for the entire WSL. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> that's a, no, it, 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 it's not that far. But um, I knew one of the other um, one of the other people that was involved that was uh, interested in, interested in it before Dirk and Natasha, and he would have been an absolutely horrible choice for it. Oh. he would have treat, treated it strictly as an investment and i think i think the greater role that i played was once it was done there was all this suspicion about dirt <laughs> and i i was able to uh, allay a lot of people's concerns just because i could personally tell them about him and what he stood for and how he treats people and it's it's a long-term look he's not looking for a three-year five-year roi he, he's trying to fix this so that it's better for the athletes first, and then the companies will succeed afterwards because the athletes are good.
2: That's and amazing. That
1: was something no? That's something nobody actually saw happening. You know, they, all the all the companies were trying to protect their own territory, and it was like you know, companies treat athletes like you know disposable you know paper towels. You know, you're only as good as your last victory, your last published photo. They don't care about you afterwards. And if you get too big for your britches, there's another 14-year-old being spit out the system, and yep. will just replace you. You know, yep. there are a few people that will have iconic careers like Rob, like Kelly, like Donovan, or you know, and Shane. People that can do a little bit more. And you know, Dirk is trying to make it better for the athletes long term. He's created healthcare plans for them, investment plans for them. You know, it, he's he's really looking out for the little guy. And I think it comes from his background. In music, he's a phenomenal musician and into the history of music. So he's seen the musicians that got robbed of their music rights. Mm. Same thing with tennis players and, and golfers. And so wow. he just wanted surfers to be treated as professional athletes. And I think that's going to be the greatest legacy that he leaves behind, personally. I mean, when you talk to the guys on tour now, they absolutely love Dirk and Natasha. That's no, good. That,
2: that's great. And, you know, I, the, the media, you know, they can say all the bad stuff they want to, Um, You know, of course it's out there um, as far as the WSL personally working in those events, being a part of the surf industry. They've done an uh, an amazing job. There are so many moving parts in those events. Um, And every time I watch them, I'm like, they, they killed it, you know, whatever. Like, this is amazing. And they've gotten better and better. And I think they're listening you know, coming from a, a, a pro surfer and someone who commentated a bunch of these events in my career, it's like, I, well, I'm like, wow, good job. Oh, they, they, they took care of that too? That's <laughs> like, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I get these, uh, you know, these oh shit moments like, wow, good job. <laughs> so yeah, they're killing it. Yeah,
1: they, they, they really have. They, they, you know, they're really trying to create a great production environment to really showcase the sport. And then they figure everything will come after that because there just had never been any consistency in it and so that's been their goal and they're just trying to make it better and better and and you know for for good for better and for worse pat o'connell's in charge now the poor guy's got <laughs> quite the commute, commute from <laughs> salt uh, creek <laughs> baby the, the king of
2: was. salt
0: creek yeah.
2: yep dude the commissioner yeah. job that's the last job i would ever want
0: <laughs> is he the official commissioner is that his role now yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: wow I, I love it of- all of them, uh, for, you know, he's the overseer of them all. So, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing.
2: With that job, no matter how good your call is, someone's going to be unhappy with it. (laughs) Someone.
0: It's
1: true. Human being
2: (laughs) (laughs) somewhere. Here's a,
1: here's, here's a great little story. When he took the job, one of his closest friends is John, John Florence, you know, from all the years at Hurley. Yeah. And John, John congratulated, congratulated Pat and said, promise me one thing you won't listen to the surfers.
2: Nice. Are you serious? John John, John, John said that? Yeah.
1: Don't listen that's to the fascinating. surfers. Everybody's got their own selfish reason for whatever yeah. they're going to tell you. It's not for the greater good. It's for the singular good. good. Pat, go with your gut because Pat cares about everybody. He does. Yeah, Pat doesn't care about the individual. That's, what, that's what's so brilliant yeah. about a Pat.
0: Well, you know, Omar, when, when we interviewed him, this is like four or five years ago now. It's Again, speaking of time flying, but even back then, I remember him talking about being a, a mentor to John John. I remember he mentioned that. So they do have that close relationship. You know, Wingnut, it is insanely reassuring hearing you say this. Uh, you know, about a year ago, there was that article in The New Yorker. And for some reason, I'm brain farting on the author's name, even though he's, he's a, a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Barbarian Waves is the book he wrote. But there's that article where it really detailed the new ownership of the WSL. And I left that with an impression of uneasiness. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I really was not sure if this league was in the right hands. And, uh, you know, but hearing your description, the fact that Pat O'Connell is a commissioner, that's very reassuring. It makes me happy. So thanks for sharing that information. I feel like the league is in good hands. It's good. It,
1: just, it really, really is. It's fantastic.
0: I love it. Um, before I let you go, man, is there anything you want to promote uh, besides your little secret trip business that you got going there which has no (laughs) website or anything uh is there i mean i couldn't i couldn't find you on social media which i think is incredibly badass i mean you're that legendary that you're like i don't need it well well then then then
1: you're not very good at looking because i do well no no,
0: instagram instagram the wingnut you're no i'm sorry you're right on instagram you're on there the wingnut is that correct yeah okay so you can find people can't find you there right
1: i'll I'll often that's where i'll get some interesting requests you know i I, it's fairly public knowledge. 22 years ago, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and everything's good. So I still get people reaching out to me about once a month that a friend of a friend just got diagnosed. And can I talk them through the first, the first year? And so I get to do that a lot. And that's really nice. I mean, that's probably the best thing about people that need to find me can through Instagram. And so, yeah, I get to share information and ideas and help people that are trying to do interesting things.
0: So. yeah and uh, you know my, my day job is being a professor And one of my students told me no matter what people can dm you on instagram anytime i actually wasn't aware of that so that's it's good that people can reach you that way yes. um and by the way you know my mom's my mom's friend uh was diagnosed with ms a while ago it was really debilitating for her so you're saying it's not hasn't had a profound impact on your life i mean in a negative way well, you, you,
1: everybody has different level you know it, um, you know, you can have a very aggressive, you can have relaxing, remitting MS. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's different for everyone. Um, there's a really good diet that's out there, Dr. Terry Walls, W H, W A H L S, And that's a really good way to try to t- treat your body a little better and regrow some of the myelin in your brain. Or It's an autoimmune disorder, so there's a lot going on. But, um, yeah, I'm very fortunate. I know that. I just got lucky with the version that I have and, nice. and the few changes I made in my diet to have helped. I get enough vitamin D, which I think is key to overall health. <laughs> That's and, for uh, sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have, you have,
2: have billion- billion- <laughs>
1: job.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. You have billionaires taking you on surf trips. Yeah. Sounds nice. I <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. It's
1: different.
0: I'm taking billionaires on surf trips. It's
1: different. Correction. I'm working. They're having
0: they're having fun. My apologies for the mistake there. <laughs> and if you're a billionaire and, listening, and, just, just go to Instagram and find the Wingnut and send them a DM and you're set. There
1: you go. You probably know one of my other clients to so talk to them first.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> there we
1: go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely love. Uh, that's great. And, and, and next time you guys want to do this, let's not do it at, with a peaking swell and a dropping tide. I mean,
0: deal. I know, awkward, I know. Maybe. No, no deal. <laughs> Done. <I
1: know.
0: laughs> There's a Mack and Swell out there right now, so go get it. Wingnut man, thank you so much. It's it's an absolute pleasure. You can follow him on Instagram at the Wingnut. Oh dog, you get to see him in Santa Cruz all the time. That's pretty amazing, man.
2: Oh, no, thank you Wingnut. You are a true legend, buddy. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you both. Likewise, man. Take care, Wingnut. Great talking to you. Thank you. Happy happy holidays. Yeah, same, man. All right, and that's the legend right there. Wingnut. That's crazy, <laughs> oh dog what a
2: legend right i mean yes it's amazing and, and that, i'm so glad we got him on our show because <clears throat> that's what i wanted the public to know He he's done so much for the sport for the industry um for athletes um yeah great guy all around great guy
0: beautiful and uh yeah and thanks again to wingnut for dropping in
2: you <laughs> <laughs>
3: With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. Only this year, why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com? Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business, too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. Thank you for listening to Believe.